Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, New Era, Episode 58, Missionary Sacrifice and Persecution. Welcome back, everyone. When Thomas took our American friends to get their tourist visa renewed, the first question was, why do you want to stay in the country? He found out very quickly what the wrong answer was, I have come as a missionary. Most of the employees at those offices would have been members of one of Germany's state churches, either Lutheran or Catholic. Their response was, Germany doesn't need missionaries. Deutschland braucht keine Missionaren. We send missionaries to Africa, India, and South America, and we don't need Americans here. Part of the goal of our ministry that was developing out of the Jesus People movement was to be self-supporting. Therefore, it was also possible for the Americans to honestly reply they would be starting a business, and it would be beneficial for the German economy. Compared to the life of a missionary that went to a third world country, our job was going to be different. Thomas and I had read the books about the experiences of missionaries to the jungles of Ecuador and to war-torn China. We had no idea what kind of trials we would be up against living in a Western country like Germany. Gradually, we would learn that our warfare would be of a spiritual nature. The subject of a missionary calling was something that our parents also didn't really understand. Maybe it would have been easier for them if our starting point was going to a Bible seminary for training. I want to begin with Thomas's words to my parents on the tape. He went to great depths to explain to them why we came and why we were willing to make sacrifices. Both of our parents would have preferred that Thomas get a normal job and that we live in a normal house. This reminds me of the first conversation Thomas and I had after we gave our lives to Jesus. It was early in the morning, foggy and damp out on the highway. I was pregnant and we were hitchhiking to our teepee location. Thomas said, I guess we are Christians now because we believe in Jesus, but we are not going to be like those other Christians who go around preaching to everyone. This time, we were far away from California. I was pregnant again, and we were living in a cold brick farmhouse in Nienburg. Maybe God was using our desire to communicate with my parents to help us formulate what we believed we were called to do. Our tape recordings were very personal, just talking in our room and imagining that someone would listen to our story. Here's how Thomas began. Boy, God is really good to us. I just, I think that's something that, that he's teaching us so much, you know, and I think he'll continue to teach us just his presence, his, his goodness, his loving kindness towards us. We've learned, you know, in the past year and a half at Living Waters and, and Eureka, we've learned so many things, you know, different principles from the Word of God. I really want to thank you for, I know you guys love us. You've gone out of your way many times. You've been backwards twice just to help us out, even, even while we were while we were still non-Christians. You just always bend backwards and while we were stomping in your face, you, you still loved us and you, and you gave to us. So I, I appreciate 
I deeply appreciate your concern and your love for us. I, man, what can I say? Just thank you. I know you pray for us often and you think of us a lot. You know, here we write in your letters and, and we're saying, wow, it's really, we're going through changes and, you know, Naomi and all the situation here and, and without any real understanding of what's behind all that, man, I, it'd be crazy, you know, it, it, if I didn't have any deeper understanding and, and, and a, a deeper thing happening here with us being here, well, I'd be crazy to be here. It'd be it'd be stupid. It'd be it'd be like like uh, whipping myself for no reason. And and so I I really want to share a little bit on like what what is motivating us. What's the motive in our heart? Why are we doing what we're doing? And I've I know I know it'd be a blessing for you to see that too it'll really give you a lot more peace in your hearts because like I can just imagine you're just grabbing your hair and saying oh no what they're doing it again and again why why what's what's wrong with those guys what why why don't they see you know like mom you were saying <coughs> listen to the Lord and and see counsel with your mother and yeah you should <laughs> you know it just unless unless there's a real understanding it just it just really seems crazy for us to be here you know when when we came when we came to the Lord Jesus when we first met him when we just broke down and, and just knew we were sinners and asked him to forgive us and turned our lives totally over to him Ever since that day, there's been something. There, it's. We've, we knew, we knew that 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 was really the way for our lives. Like before, we had different ideas, and you know, we had different idealistic goals and so forth. But we just didn't, we just didn't know, we just didn't know life. We we were walking in death. And then we came to the Lord Jesus and, and He just gave us life and He opened up our hearts and He and He revealed Himself to us. And ever since that time we've just we've just had that desire to just like our confession was, Lord Jesus, forgive us of our sins and come to into our life and be our Lord and Master. And ever since that time we've we've had we've had that desire of serving him being his servants and letting him be the lord and master in our life and then as we grew up in our christian walk and we start reading the bible and and getting we're being taught the word of god and what what god was saying to us we just that desire just grew in us more and more just to be his servants and to be his disciples, to follow him all the way. And of course, man, we just we just bumbled and stumbled in the beginning. We, you know, like every every young baby Christian, I suppose. Anyway, most of them we just 
thought we had it together and we knew everything and and more and more than the Lord humbled us and revealed more of him and and showed us what 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 his call really was in our lives and so that desire that desire always stayed with us of serving him being his servants and that enthusiasm of well he's he's our lord he's our savior and we want to we want to run after him that always stayed and even grows more and more daily to really get to know him as a friend as a person as somebody as a pal as as somebody that really understands us and that we get to understand him more just friends just a real real deep friendship that desire has always been with us but it's been it's been the ways and the ears in our heart that 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 changed that we grew in that we got more wisdom and understood more things that were right and that weren't right so so we're here so from from an early point on we've we wanted to serve him and as God as God taught us we knew that serving him meant preaching the gospel of his salvation and and just going like he was saying you know he was saying go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations and that's that's what we wanted to do that's that's all we ever wanted to do how the Bible says you're, you're being changed from glory to glory well it's that's like that there's so many changes come down in all these other areas but it all centers centered around the one unchanging thing which is Jesus Christ and us being his servants his friends and that's what we always wanted and we just get we got to know him a little bit and as we got to know him we just got to know his desire a little bit more which is to show his love to the lost world and just we we just man all these things are still fresh in our mind all the experiences we had to go through we were in before we were saved just the dark pit we were in and we it's in our power to just reach out and and give a hand to all those that they are still walking around in that darkness and that's that's what we wanted to do you know the Lord the Lord promised you know he, he didn't promise us a, a rose bed I mean a rosy bed he said it pretty clearly he said okay you know for uh, he says go before a man goes and builds a tower he sits down first and considers whether he can finish it well the same way he was speaking to us consider the cost you want to be a disciple well consider the cost and the cost is pretty much the only price that we can pay that is comparable to what God has done for us and that is our life he he is the one that in his mercy gave us life and now all we can do all we ever can do is just give that life give it back to him just thank him and praise him that he has given us his life and put it to use 
the way he sees it fit. And he's seen fit for us to, to preach his gospel. Shortly after this recording, we got news that an older couple from Eureka wanted to come visit our team in Germany. Thomas and I had met them once when they came with Jim Durkin to Living Waters for a wedding. They had also met my parents briefly on that day. Most of us in the farmhouse didn't know anything about their background, but we trusted them because they worked in some capacity with Jim. He must have told them about our difficulty, so they wrote us a letter. A few of us had read the letter, and I offered to write back to them, saying we would be happy to see them. But what none of us discerned from the letter was the unbiblical advice they gave us. The man wrote that we shouldn't ask God to take the problems away, but instead we should pray that he would turn up the fire. Now the Apostle Peter wrote about trials, but he never gave instructions like that to the Christians. This was a perfect example of twisting the words of Scripture. In my last episode, I read from the first letter of Peter. His instructions to the Christians were, Rejoice, because you have a living hope, and you are protected by the power of God through faith. He continues saying, For a short time you may be distressed by various trials, because your faith is being tested, and it will result in honor and praise of Jesus Christ. So, concerning the letter we received and the unbiblical advice, we should have questioned it. The reality was, this older couple was addressing five families with pregnant women living in one house, and instead of offering to help us in some way, they were expecting to stay in the house rather than going to a nearby hotel. I think part of the reason they wanted to come to Germany is that they were interested in seeing an East Bloc country. They said they would like to visit my mother-in-law in West Berlin. That would, of course, take them through East Germany. We were given short notice about the date when they were coming. I don't know if they paid for their own flight or if it was considered a ministry cost to visit the Germany team. We had only been in Nienberg for three months and were constantly overwhelmed with all of the work. But because of the date they gave us, our men had to rush to finish remodeling the attic. That way, our guests could sleep in our original living room. After their arrival, they said they would like to see the town and take pictures for Jim and the brothers back in Eureka. Even though Peter and Gregor were pressed for time, they took them out sightseeing. Besides the renovation work going on, our guys were working long hours making leatherwares to sell at flea markets. On our guests' last evening, we made them a special dinner and enjoyed nice fellowship, and then they said they would like to pray for us after our children went to bed. Later, when we gathered in the new attic living room, they suggested we line up our chairs and they would go down the line and pray for us. When they began with the first couple, it wasn't an earnest prayer to Jesus as we expected. They said, they have a word and a picture from God. They laid their hands on each couple and started using stories from the Old Testament, making it sound like a prophecy. Thomas and I were not the only ones who had never witnessed this type of prayer, as they called it. Maybe Peter and Jackie had participated in something similar. Otherwise, I think they would have put a stop to it.
Thomas and I knew that there were scriptures about elders of a church laying hands on people, but this couple were not our elders and had nothing to do with our team in Germany. Because they knew Jim, we assumed that they meant well and had come to encourage us. Never in our wildest dreams would we have considered that this couple were charlatans. They had come to plant seeds of confusion, fear, and doubt in our midst. After they had spoken out their pictures for the other couples, they came to Thomas and I. The drama had been building up as they went down the line. It was like sitting in the hot seat. You have to picture Thomas and I, we were both 24 years old, and I was eight months pregnant with our second child. They came and stood behind us and laid their hands on our shoulders. First, the man said he saw Thomas as a large oak tree planted firmly in Germany. Then he expanded with flattering words, saying that under the protection of the branches, many people, described as birds or animals from different nations, would find comfort under this tree. I don't remember how that affected Thomas personally and what kind of impression that made on the others as they listened. Then they laid their hands on my shoulders and the woman started crying loudly and couldn't speak anymore. It scared all of us, and then she said she couldn't continue in front of everyone. Her husband suggested we go in their room so we could talk privately. So that's how the official meeting ended. Everyone was shook up. I don't know what our friends talked about after we were ushered into the other room. I remember Thomas and I standing there holding hands and wondering what was going on. The couple seemed so serious, and then the woman told us what her vision was. The first thing she said was, she saw in a vision that my baby might die. She said it was because I didn't have the right attitude towards the child. She believed that I regarded the baby as my own rather than it belonging to God. As I tell about this now, my only thought is, how could anyone say such an evil thing to an expectant mother? And worse yet, to say she was speaking from God. Looking back at that moment in time, it is obvious that the grace of God was over Thomas and I and our baby. So the woman continued, saying, the good thing is, if I give my child to the Lord, not considering it to be mine, then it will be born healthy. She was making up her own tale, referring to the book of Samuel. Then she said the child was a boy, his name should be Samuel, and he would be a prophet to the nation of Germany. Of course, we were impressed by the story she had conjured up and unfortunately believed everything she told us. I have never written about these details before, and it gives me goosebumps to think we actually endured such foolishness, but it's so amazing to have experienced that God is greater than evildoers who masquerade as angels of light. So that was the end of the evening. Thomas and I went to our room and started praying that our baby would live. Up until that day, we were happy parents. From then on, we asked God to give us the right heart attitude towards our child. 
It's actually a miracle that the Lord gave us his peace in spite of the horrendous situation we had been through. The Lord blessed me with joy in looking forward to the birth of our child. After the couple were on their flight back to the U.S., we told the others in the house what had happened. Everyone was somewhat in awe about the oak tree story and a prophet being born in our midst. My women friends were happy to know that Samuel would be born in our house, and one lady even made a blanket with an embroidered scripture about Samuel. One thing I do not remember is if we talked openly as a group about that evening. I do know that at least one other couple were also devastated by the things that were spoken over them. Basically, we were all left with some form of uncertainty and unrest. The visit by our American guests had not been in any way encouraging or helpful. It was like an invisible war was going on in our house. We had been attacked from different angles, so no one person could put their finger on the problem. We had been put in a position to believe that couple's words more than God's word concerning the futures of our families. They were like new age fortune tellers trying to exercise power over our hearts and minds. Not even in our hippie days were we confronted with such people. Something that Thomas said on the tape to my parents gives some insight into this kind of warfare that some Christians will have to endure. At the same time Thomas is talking, and he's telling about God's ways, little Naomi is calling to him in the background. This is how it went. The change that a Christian, I think, should go through every once in a while. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that's, we know that's the price we have to pay. We know we, we won't have that much of a comfortable life. We will be the one that are going to be, that are going to take the main hit when the big trouble comes, tribulation, when, when things really start to, to break down and, and to tumble all over. We'll be the ones that are willing to stand in the front line and, and take it and, and give to the people just still comfort. You know, and that, that to be able to do that, take some work in our hearts. We're not naturally that way. We need to be broken. You know, we need to come to a place where we really do give our life away freely, not just to the ones we like and care for the most, but to everybody, no matter what nationality or what, no matter what. And so that's what we want to do. That's what's really in our heart, Mom and Dad and, and Dora and Terry. And that's what we're here in Nienburg, going through changes with the food and the living conditions and, you know, the pressure that's on. And amen. It isn't, it, I don't think it's perfect and I don't want to be like that all the time. And I know we won't be, but it's something that the Lord has put before us now. And His grace is upon us and is sufficient for us. In closing today, I have talked often about the importance of having a solid biblical foundation for life. Well, this incident, rather than causing our house to tumble down, became another building block. That is, learning how to discern good from evil based on the scriptures. Jesus warned his disciples in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says, Beware of the false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Concerning that couple who came to us in Nienberg in 1975, unfortunately, it took Thomas and I another five years before we found out who they really were. But that's another story for another time. The good thing is, we don't need to be afraid when these kind of people show up in our lives. God is so much greater and He will give us wisdom to know how to respond. So take care, friends, and may God's blessings be upon you.